this morning. Uh, my beautiful wife is going to bring the word and uh, she's got a great testimony she's going to give you. So put your hands together for Robin as she comes. We had to learn some new skills in the last few months, got to learn to use a head mic. How are we all? Great to see you all. Great to see you all, those that are watching online. How you doing? It's a brave new world out there, isn't it? So good. If I could have the title up there of this message, that would be really good because um, I think it's a great title for today, for this year actually. Didn't see that coming. There it is. Don't you think that describes 2020? Didn't see that one coming. Coming. Um, what a year it's been, hey? So much has been thrown at us here across the world. It's just an amazing. But it's really, really good to be back together, isn't it? And seeing all your beautiful faces. Um, before I start, um, I want to honour two people. This is our second message. This is the first time we've ever done two messages, two services back to back. So um, it's funny doing it all, all again. But I wanted to thank Pastor Chris and Pastor Greg for this amazing season. Yeah, put your hands together. Um, most of you probably have no idea what was involved in getting church online and happening. And I think Greg in particular has steadied the ship so beautifully during this season, and um, so I want to thank him for that. And Chris has just been amazing, hands-on, getting their job done. They've worked really well together. So um, I just wanted to say thank you for bringing us through from, on behalf of the church. So it's pretty, been amazing. Um, I want to share with you a bit of a journey I've been on just recently, um, and it's a real honour to speak today. And I hope this message encourages you and inspires you wherever you're at at present. And wherever you're going, whatever you're going through, um, God is with you. I love that song. That has been a, an amazing blessing for the world during this pandemic. I don't know whether you've watched the different versions online. There's the, um, the British one that came out was just so anointed. But the Australian one, have you seen the Australian one? It's absolutely gorgeous. It's got images of Australia. There's a Celtic one. There's one that's across the world people singing in different languages. Every time I hear it and watch it, I just get, um, I don't know, my heart warms and I get those chills up my spine. So that's been an amazing blessing that's come out of this, that people have come together. Um, none of us are immune to trouble. You know that, don't you? Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. It's only a matter of when you're going to have trouble. Okay, but going through all that, you just need to remember that God it will be with you in your times of trouble. So a couple of weeks ago, I needed to see my GP to have my blood pressure checked. And um, I couldn't get in to see my normal GP, so I said, I'll just see whoever's available at the practice that day. So while I was there, she looked at my notes and she said, um, I've noticed you've had a, a lesion or something you've had checked over the years. And I've had it checked many, many times over the years. Um, she said, do you mind if I take a look at it? I said, yeah, go for it. Um, so she had a look, it was on my neck here, and she just ummed and ahed for a little while and said, oh, I don't know, I think we might just, I think I might scrape that. So a couple of days later, I went for the scrape. She wasn't particularly concerned, nor was I. Um, so I went down to my daughter's place in Sydney, 
And I was there when I got a phone call from the doctor's surgery. It was actually her. And um, she said, I need you to come and see me. And I said, what for? And she said, oh, your results are back. And I said, and? Um, she said, I need you to come in and see me. And I said, I'm in Sydney. I can't. And she said, oh, well, can you, have, can you get back? And I said, yes, I can. So I said, why? <laughs> Very persistent, why? Um, she said, your results tell me that you have a melanoma that needs to be cut out. Well, I didn't see that coming, did I? <laughs> my first reaction was unbelief, um, followed by shock. I actually had wobbles in my legs. Have you ever had that? Where your legs just go wobbly. I think shock sets in a little bit. And uh, my heart started to race and fear actually began to grip me. So we drove back that afternoon and we sh scheduled the op to take place on the Monday, and um, we're supposed to be going away for holiday. Do you know what she said? She said, why don't you just go away on your holiday and we'll do it when we come back. I said, not likely. <laughs> I want it out now. Can you do it right this minute? And she's like, no, I can't. So we, we, we did it in a couple of days later. So I had to wait two weeks to get the results back. So let me give you the backstory of why I was freaking out on the inside, okay? For me, melanoma's been that one disease that's um, been very personal, to me, it was actually the thing God used to bring me to know him. All those years ago, a very good friend was in his early 30s and had a family and died and, um, of melanoma, but he had faith. And I, as a non-Christian, watched him die with this incredible strength. And I thought, mm, there's something to this that I don't know about. So it actually begin, began to draw me to God. And then only in the last couple of years, I've lost two close friends um, both suffered horribly and died with melanoma and that had a very big impact on me. So you can imagine my thoughts where they were going with that same diagnosis. So a couple of points I've written down of, of um, where I came from with this message. My first response is we need to go to God and his word. Now my first response wasn't that. My first response was a natural one and we are human beings and we have emotions and my emotions were running rampant, but um, that's okay to feel that, but it's not okay to stay there, okay? Um, as a Christian, I knew my faith and trust was in God and not those test results that had come through. I needed peace to settle my heart. So the very next morning, I got up and I sat with God and said, okay, God, I need a promise from you that, tell me, that tells me everything's going to be okay. And I heard him whisper this scripture into my heart. It was Isaiah 38.3. So I quickly turned there, not having really a clue what at all this was about. But the, the um, heading on the chapter actually grabbed my attention when it said Hezekiah's illness. I went, oh, this is interesting. Have you ever heard, thought you heard from God and you turn to the Bible and you go, what the heck? What's all this about? And I'm like, oh, didn't hear that right. So I thought, oh, maybe that's one of those scriptures. But then it went on and I'll read what it said. Verse 1, in those days Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you're going to die. You will not recover. Well, you can imagine, I'm reading that thinking, Great, this is really positive. <laughs> Thanks, God. It's all over. <laughs> and honestly, I nearly just shut the Bible and went, Okay, I'm done. But I didn't because remember he said verse 3. That was only verse 1. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, Lord, how I've walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion. 
and have done what is good in your eyes, and Hezekiah wept bitterly. Then goes on to say that God heard Hezekiah's prayer and sent Isaiah back to him to tell him that he changed his mind and he had extended his life for 15 years and he went on to rule and reign. So I was like, yes, thank you, God. Um, I believe too that I've been faithful and I've served you with all of my heart. So that's my promise and that's what I'm going to hang on to. Um, And I will take that. Thank you very much, God. Which is what you do, isn't it? So I was like, yes. But what it did was actually settled me instantly. Straight away, my heart just began to rest in him. I thought, God's got this. God knew my fears and concerns and wanted me to trust him. And it gave me hope. So we all need to know how to go to God ourselves to get the promise that you need for your situation. So you might not have a health issue. You might have another situation. It might be a family crisis or finances or whatever it is, career. You need to go to God yourself, okay, and get those promises. So I started to write down scriptures and speak against fear and about walking in victory, being more than a conqueror. And then my spirit, I could feel it rising up within me. So this season of COVID-19 has revealed to me um, the importance of being a self-feeder in God's word. We haven't been connected to church as such. We haven't been sitting, listening to the preaching. We have hopefully at home been doing that. But there's an element of just knowing ourselves how to go to God. And church is great. Preaching's great. Podcasts are wonderful. But it's when you get your own revelation and strength from God's word that it becomes powerful. This book here or your phone or wherever you read your Bible has power. But it's only when you get that word from God yourself and begin to apply it that you feel the power of the word of God. feels really good, might I add. Um, So, you know, we've been out in the shops lately. If you've got that picture up, there it is. All those spots. You go to Woolies and you've got to stand on the dot, stand on the cross. So what I want you to do from here on, every time you see those dots or those crosses, I want that to remind you to stand on God's word. What's a promise he has said to you, whether it's a recent one, whether you're going through something now or something from before, a promise he gave you and maybe you've just let it slip a little bit. Well, I want you to bring it back and I want you to start standing on it. And that's your visual reminder, okay? When you're at Woolies and you're standing on that dot, I want you to be praying, okay? It's a good exercise. That's homework for you all. When I see you next week, I'll go, how'd you go? You've been standing on those dots, okay? I guarantee you, you'll look at those dots differently tomorrow. Um, Constant reminder of God's goodness. We're all on the road to maturity um, with Jesus. We, We can't stay as infants. A baby starts its life by lying down and then sits up and then does a bit of crawl and then walks and then runs. And that's a natural progression. And they're spoon-fed, you know, how many of you have fed babies and they do that whole thing. And then they learn to feed themselves. And that's like us as Christians. In Ephesians 4, it tells us we're no longer to be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching. And then in Ephesians 2, 6, it says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ. Okay, so do you get that? We're not to be infants but we're to be seated in Christ. So our stance is to be seated in Christ, okay? So 
this is how we need to be sitting in Christ. Now, if you're a baby, right, you're just laying down. Babies just lie down, okay, and they're, 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 or they do all that stuff. And it's quite tricky to get from lying to standing. It's a bit more of an effort, especially when you're old like me and you start to creak. But you get up and then you kind of waddle up, then you get up. It's a lot harder, isn't it, to get from laying down. But if you're already in your position and stance in God, seated, when things come against you, it's so easy just to stand up and rise up. So that's our stance, seated, not as an infant, lying down. Now, if you're just a new believer, it's okay to be a baby in Christ, but you have to mature along the way. So to learning how to feed yourself the Word of God is part of our maturity. Does that make sense? Yep, all good. So the first thing was go to God and his word. Second thing I did was pray and get support. And we all deal with crisis differently. We're all wired differently and how we respond in different situations is a very personal thing. But for me, I'm very relational and I'm very outward going. So I wanted people supporting me in this. You might decide that if you're going through something, you'll just do it your way by yourself. And that's okay. We're all just different. But for me, I wanted people around me, close friends that knew what was happening, knew my fears, um, they'd be praying for me and with me. And it felt really good. It strengthened me knowing that I had prayer going up to heaven supporting me and it felt really good. So my question for you is who do you have in your world when you come across these speed bumps in life? Who is it that you reach out to? You can say, can you pray for me? Can you please hold me in prayer? Uh, We all need someone. We're not meant to do life alone. So Bill and Dorothy, a lot of you would know Bill and Dorothy. They were part of the church for a long time, an older couple that have now moved away. Um, they taught me a lot about going to the Word of God, and they were such great prayers. So I contacted them, and um, Bill had melanomas removed last year. And um, so they, Dorothy was praying scriptures over, and she shared some of those with me. And while I was praying some of those scriptures, I felt God show me this beautiful picture because Dorothy had talked about um, washing stuff away with the Word of God. And I felt like he showed me a picture of a dialysis machine. So as I was taking the Word of God, who is Jesus, in me, it was washing and detoxifying almost, taking all the stuff out that shouldn't have been in my blood and then putting it back. It was a beautiful picture of um, how the Word can cleanse us because this disease, if it does take hold, actually goes through your system. So I felt like there was a real cleansing and a washing going on. It was absolutely beautiful. And Bill rang and said, Robbie, I've got one scripture for you, Exodus 14, 14. And it was when the Israelites were crossing the the Red Sea. You know how they get to the Red Sea and before God does his thing? He said, three points I want you to remember. God is on the throne. He will do the fighting. And my role is to be still. And I thought, oh, that's wonderful. And sometimes we think we've got to do all the fighting. We actually don't. God is there. He's doing the fighting and he just wants us to be still. So can you see how powerful the scriptures are and how much um, strength you can get from them? It took all the pressure off. God had it covered right from the word go. The fact that my own GP wasn't available that day was a blessing for me because she probably would just would have checked my blood pressure and that was it. But this one, she turned out to be, hello, a skin specialist. That was her whole thing. She was really good at it. And that's why um, I saw her that day. So God was onto it right from the beginning. He was making the way forward. I love what Joyce Meyer says. She says, when fear comes knocking, send faith to answer it. That's a good one, isn't it? Really good. When fear comes into your heart, 
be it about your future, your job, your health, your family, your finances. Get historical, not hysterical. I heard that just this week. Historical, not hysterical. Because our natural self wants to become hysterical, doesn't it? All the drama queens and all the things that go on in us. Historical meaning that you need to think back and remember the times God's been there for you and he's brought you through all this time. And if you're on a journey, maybe you're just starting and you haven't had that, borrow something from the word of God. Open up the word of God and read about how God is faithful to his people. Borrow some of those amazing stories um, and let them strengthen you. So many times in the word of God, we're told to fear not, fear not. I am with you. And sometimes we've just got to get that into us. Fear not, fear not. But the enemy, we all have an enemy who wants to see us destroyed and not, have, not develop our relationship with God. And he will come in because he's a liar, a thief, and he wants to destroy your relationship with God. He'll use fear to paralyze you if you let him. And he knows your weak spots. So don't ever think... That he can't get you because he can. I would have thought, oh, you know, I'm a godly person. I, you know, I'm fire for God. No, probably all the more the more reason I'm a good target to have a go at. And Lynn Osler was the one who actually said to me, um, Robbie, you've got to understand that God knows your weak spots. And I said, what do you mean? And he, she said, think about it. The journey you've had on the last five years with your, with the people with melanoma puts that fear in me that, oh gosh, you know, this could happen to me. So he knows that. And what's he going to use? The very same thing and have a go at me. So I wonder what your weak spot is. We've all got them. What is that part of you, that fear in you? What's your biggest fear that rises up and guard yourself? Because that's where you'll be vulnerable if you're not putting your guard on, which is the armour of God. Ephesians 6 talks about the armour of God and we need to put it on. And we're said to put it on daily. And look, sometimes I will do that, especially when I'm going through something, that armour's on and I get it on. But then you get through that and then life goes on and then I don't necessarily remember to put it on. But it's putting that helmet of salvation on, protecting your mind from those thoughts, the breastplate of righteousness, knowing that you're made right in God, the belt of truth it talks about, buckle it up, walk in truth. Know truth, live truth, the gospel of peace. Don't live with anxiety, live with that beautiful peace of God. And the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. It's active, you wield it, you've got to use it. It's no point now having the Word of God if you're not going to use it against the enemy. Jab it in, do what you need to do. And the shield of faith, the Word talks about. That's the thing you need to put up because the enemy comes at you and it says with fiery darts and he'll shoot them at you. And if you haven't got your shield of faith up saying that God is with you, they're going to stick. And we don't want them to stick. We need them to just be deflected. So get your warrior on, okay? That's what you need to do. And that's what happened with me. When Lynn actually pointed that out to me, I thought, yeah, that's right. I need to get the warrior, not the warrior. The warrior gets you nowhere. The warrior just keeps you in turmoil. But the warrior will rise up and begin to fight because the Bible talks about our battle not being flesh and blood but against principalities and powers. So we've got to be on guard, particularly when you're going through a trial. You're very exposed. So that's why you need people around you. Okay? You doing okay? So the rubber hits the road basically 
when we face crisis, whether it's a personal one or this whole global pandemic has been a crisis. And, you know, a lot of people are really struggling with this and I think they're now realising people's mental health is quite fragile at the moment. So, you know, our faith and trust in God is tested and then you know who's really on the throne of your life. So that's the question for me is, is God really on the throne of your life and are you really trusting him in whatever situation you're in today? Are you trusting him to bring you through it? And the third thing was rest. I did rest in him during this time. We had a few days away and I might have been active riding my bike and doing a few things, but my soul and spirit was, was at rest. And that's good for me because I do tend to do a lot of this. Um, regardless of what the outcome was, I knew that through it all my eyes were on him and he had it. And that's a good place to be, whatever you're going through. And what I did was listen to our beautiful worship songs I listened to them over and over. That blessing song, I couldn't tell you how many times I've listened to that in the last little while. But that song we were singing early this year, um, My Fear Doesn't Stand a Chance, When I Stand in Your Love. It's great words, it's all the rest of it. But when you're fearful, oh my, those words suddenly become very, very powerful. So there's a lot of power in what we're singing and worshipping and speaking out. I did lots of walking and praying and singing and as I just gave it all to God, there was no space left for worry or anxiety. It was full of God. So we just need to be careful, don't we? Sometimes we can have so much else going on that's driving you that there's no space for God to even come in. You've got to kind of empty that space, allow him in, and then it kind of pushes the rest out. And I, I found that. And it was a discipline. And it is a discipline sometimes, I think, to get rest. I think the word says about striving to get into rest, which seems weird that you would strive to take rest, but sometimes I think in this world we live in, it's so fast-paced, you do have to strive to get your rest. What I also did was I journaled um, my thoughts and emotions and my prayers and those verses that God was speaking to me, and it was really good because you can look back on those. I would just keep reading over them, and it just keeps strengthening your faith the whole time. So if you don't do that regularly, and I'm not a person that um, journals at length, but I found it really, really good, and I encourage you, write things down, because you forget about them, you kind of move on a little bit, and then you forget, but when you've got those verses and things that God's spoken to, it's lovely to be able to go back and um, remember. Psalm 23 was a beautiful psalm to meditate on for me. But the battlefield really is in your mind. Joyce Meyer nailed it when she brought that book out. Um, when thoughts, troubling thoughts come, when anxious thoughts come, you need to actually stop them in their tracks and you need to cast them on the Lord. But then you need to replace them because if you just give them to God, there's still a lot of empty space hanging around and other thoughts can come. So that's when you've got to put those verses and those words of God in there and um, that's what renewing your mind's all about and that's what the Bible's great for renewing your mind the one thing I didn't do is google melanoma and I normally do google everything as you probably do too you go to the doctors huh? half the time I have a science and medical background um, I used to work in a science uh, pathology lab for 20 or 30 years um, so I, I like medical stuff and I like science. So often if I've got my own symptoms, I've already diagnosed myself before I go to the doctors. And most of the time, might I add, I'm pretty right. 
Um, um, but this time, I was so deliberate. I am not Googling melanoma because you know what it's like. You go down rabbit warrens and all it was going to do was fuel my fear. So I'd made that decision and I shut my mind off to everything else but the truth of God and that strengthened me. And sometimes I think we all need to make a choice of what we're letting into our mind, how much we're letting in from the world around us, how much we're taking in from internet news and everything. You know, it's all got to be in balance. But if that's all you're taking in and you're not taking in God's word, I think that's how we can find ourselves fearful, living in fear. Susan Wesley said this. She said of the gospel, believe it and live it. And I think we would, if you take nothing else from today, believe it and live it. The stitches were removed last week and um, the results came back and all was clear. Every trace of the melanoma was gone. It had been contained, yeah, God is so good. Um, It was in situ, which means it was contained within the mole and it was early days, so God got onto it so fast and it was all removed but it was a sense of relief, I must admit. Um, but funnily enough, I'd already won the battle. I'd battled the fear. I'd battled the whole thing. I'm already in victory regardless because ultimately if the result had been different, it's another journey. And I know a lot of you have gone down that journey. But ultimately, we have eternity waiting for us as Christians, don't we? God's always with us, whether it's here or in eternity. But I must admit, it felt good when she said, we got it all. And so now it's my battle scar. So because I've got short hair, it's very obvious, this scar. But I'm going to proudly wear this scar because it's a God scar. It's a God story because he gets the glory. But in Isaiah 38, chapter 7, if you read on a little bit more, Hezekiah says this. He says, surely it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish. Really? It's for your benefit when you suffer anguish? It actually is because what it does is draws you, draws you closer to God. If you dig in and not run away, if you feed on his word and renew your mind and you rest in him. And you can be a great witness for your family. I have an unsaved family um, who were all very supportive, but I found it interesting that the praying family gave me much more strength than just the, oh, I'm thinking of you. I'm thinking of you as lovely. You love me, you're thinking of me. I'm praying for you and you love me. So much more power on this hand. I'm going to finish up, um, but I wrote a little poem. Now, I'm not William Wordsworth, so don't judge me on the poem, okay? But I have found over the years that, funnily enough, God helped me express myself through some poems, which is not like me really at all, but it's good for me because it gets it out. And I've written the scriptures that kind of... I was standing on, I wove into the poem, so let me read it to you. Little did I know that when the day begun, my life would soon be altered from a call that would come. With I need to see you ringing in my head, my mind and heart racing, I turned for home with dread. It wasn't long before I began to realise my God was surely with me and I felt my spirit rise. Whatever lies ahead for me, my confidence remained in the one I truly know and love, and fear in me is tamed. The word of God is with me. He is washing me all clean. He's the one who does the fighting so that I can live and dream. As I rest in the shadow of his almighty wings, 
Be still, he asks, and let me take care of things. You are so dearly loved, a child of mine you are, so let's do this together and you can go so far. I have a plan and purpose that goes far beyond this day, a plan to bless and prosper, a plan to soar and play. Trust in me with all your heart and lean not on what you know. Your path indeed I will make straight when you acknowledge me, the Lord, so. Amen. So far. <laughs> there you go. So let's just pray before we finish up. Father God, oh Lord, you are so faithful. You are so, so good to us, your, your children. I thank you, Lord, that you never leave us and you never forsake us. You are with us every single day, Lord, and that's that song says you're behind us, you're beside us, you're within us, Lord, always for us, always for us. So I pray for every single person here today, Lord, and those that are watching online, those that are going through some any kind of crisis or trouble, Lord God, that they, their heart would turn to you, that you would just bring peace to their heart, Lord God, that they would be strengthened by your word, Lord God, and their spirits would rise in the battle. Lord Jesus, that we already walk in victory, Lord, because Jesus, you have won the victory for us. And your word tells us we are more than conquerors because of you, Lord. And I just declare victory for every single person, Lord God, watching or listening today, Lord God, that they have victory in you, Lord God. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for the beautiful church family that meets here, Lord, and it's meeting again today, Lord God. And we just give you all honour and glory in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks.